Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, everybody. I'm Katie Couric, here to share a bonus episode of Next Question. Like a lot of you, I first came to know Daisy Edgar-Jones when she played Marianne in the hit BBC adaptation of the Sally Rooney novel, Normal People. You look really well. I know. It's classic me. Came to college and got pretty. Oh, you're always pretty. Very pretty. The series was released in the early days of the pandemic, and for a moment... It seemed like everyone was watching and talking about Daisy. That role earned her a Golden Globe nomination, and she's been working nonstop ever since. Already this year, she's appeared in the FX miniseries Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield. I'm going to put an end to this wickedness. It is my calling. And the black comedy thriller Fresh, opposite Sebastian Stan. What's going on, Steve? I'm going to tell you, but you're going to freak out. Her most recent project is another adaptation. She plays Kaya Clark, a.k.a. The Marsh Girl, in the film version of Delia Owen's mega best-selling novel, Where the Crawdads Sing. Am I your girlfriend now? Do you want to be? I know feathers. The other girls don't know feathers. All right, then. <laughs> we talked about how she prepared for that role, but also about her life growing up in London as an only child, her acting debut as a very feisty seven-year-old Anne Boleyn, and what she's planning next. So enjoy, everyone. Daisy, I am so excited to meet you. First of all, I'm obsessed with you. Uh I loved you in Normal People. I loved you in Under the Banner of Heaven. And now, Where the Crawdads Sing, I loved you in that as well. You are having a moment, to say the least. How is it feeling right now to honestly have so many exciting roles and to be so in demand? Oh, that's so kind, first of all. Thank you. (laughs) I think it's like, yeah, I I feel so lucky. You know, I've been acting now since I was about 17. And, you know, like to be able to play some of the roles I've played is like such a dream come true. And to work with the people I've been able to work with, like, I don't know. I still, I still can't really believe I'm, I'm, I'm able to do that. So I just feel very, very lucky, really. So I know that your parents are both or were in the business. I'm not sure if they still are, but tell us how you caught the acting bug in the first place, Daisy. 
Yeah. So I, you know, my mom, my mom before I was born was a film editor and then um, for many years. And so, and then she, she stopped to, to, to bring me up. Um, and my dad, yeah, he does work in TV. He's slightly different um, uh, sort of um, realm, but um, I guess I definitely grew up in a naughty family who also knew what it was to be self-employed, which I think is the scariest part of being an actor really. But for me, like I, you know, I, I joined a show, a, a company called the National Youth Theatre when I was 15 um, because before that I had no idea sort of how you became an actor. I didn't know what an agent was. I didn't really know about drama school or any of those things. Um, and I was really lucky. I, I got into that company and I had an open casting. They did these open castings for a, for a film uh, called The Little Mermaid. They were going to do a live action version of The Little Mermaid, which never ended up happening. But I auditioned for that. And the woman who who cast um, was casting it knew my agent was looking for somebody my age. And, and I met with uh, Chris, who I've now been with uh, a very long time and and really then I got to start auditioning so it's just really lucky that I went to that audition. You also played Aunt Boleyn when you were seven years old <laughs> in the school play. At that moment did you think I'm pretty good at this I'd like to pursue it? I really enjoyed that yeah we were doing a sort of we were learning about King Henry VIII and all his wives and we were doing a sort of um chat show where Henry VIII was on and all of his wives came on to berate him and I played Anne Boleyn who was one of the most pissed off because she had her head chopped off and I was always quite like quiet and quite like a good girl I guess and it was really fun to come in and be like really angry and sassy and I think I was like oh this is fun I can get away with saying things I can't get away with saying as myself so I think that's when I sort of caught the bug and I and I really I really loved it. You are an only child you spent a lot of time when you were growing up alone, do you think that somehow fed into your imagination and creativity and desire to be in the arts? I think it definitely probably had a, a, a real effect. And I think also, you know, as an only child, I, I because I did spend a lot of time on my own, I also spent a lot of time trying to make friends because, you know, if I was on holiday and there was two siblings playing, I would, you know, have to ask to join in and and I think I I, lo- I love that aspect of what I do is that you get to meet such a multitude of people and and you know and play with them basically and create with them and and so I think um, perhaps that kind of helped me in in you know being <laughs> more able to make friends quite quickly. But um, but yeah, I guess I would spend a lot of time you know imagining these worlds, which we all do as children. And I'm I, you know I feel lucky as an adult that I get to kind of continue doing that. <laughs> Let's talk about your latest role in as Kaya and Where the Crawdads Sing. How did you get involved in this project? And of course, this film is going to be so highly anticipated because it was such a hugely popular book by Delia Owens. Yeah, so I I, um, I, I got the audition through, um, I think the summer of 2020 and um, and I met with Livy, who directed it, and um, and we spoke about Kaya and the part. And then I got the book and I read it in like two days. And so I was, I really read it, you know, imagining sort of how I would go about bringing Kaya to life. And I, I, I just really found her, which I think everyone did, a, a very enigmatic character. And um, and I really wanted to to be, you know, to get that part. So so then I auditioned over Zoom, which was a strange experience. I've never auditioned over Zoom before. Um, and yeah, and I and then I got the part, so it's kind of wild. Why do you think, and I can't wait to hear how you prepared for the role, because obviously Kaya has a Southern accent and is the swamp girl, et cetera. But why do you think this book 
captivated so many people. What about this story, do you think, Daisy, made people just gravitate toward it? Yes. Well, I think, I think, you know, I think the story is, is although, you know, the, the circumstance that Kaya finds herself under is quite unique, I guess, you know, she's abandoned in this marsh and she, she, she survives and grows up alone. There's so many aspects of her as a character that I think are incredibly relatable. She's a very resilient person. And I think we as humans are incredibly resilient. You know, we, we suffer a lot of knocks through our life and we get back up again and we keep going. And I think that aspect of Kaya is one that, that I, I think we all see in ourselves and also sort of the way that the the environment is depicted and the nature is so sort of all encompassing that you almost lose yourself in the book when you're reading it. It feels like you are in that environment. It's painted so vividly. And, and then also this sort of murder mystery aspect of it means that there's always, it's very, you know, page turner, you can't really put it down. And, and so, yeah, I think there's something in it for everyone, really. There's love, there's, there's loss, there's nature, there's, there's sort of um, intrigue and mystery. So, you know, there's just, there's something for everyone, really. We'll have more with Daisy after the break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Were you worried at all or intimidated at the prospect of taking on a role that was, you know, grew in people's imaginations? You know, sometimes when a book is so loved and it becomes so personal to each and every reader, it's hard to take on that that role. Um, Did that weigh on you at all? I think there's definitely a sense of responsibility and a sort of slight pressure when you know that the character has already been sort of realized in so many people's minds. And, you know, it's the second time I've taken on a literary character. And, you know, I did feel that way when I did Normal People. But at the time, I had no reference for the shows that were being watched in a wide way because I'd never been in anything that was watched <laughs> in a wide way. So I sort of didn't really know what that felt like. So definitely there was a pressure. But I think what's a, what's a magical thing is with filmmaking, it takes so many people's imagination to bring to life something. So 
you know, the, the performance is only a tiny aspect of it. It's also the edit and the music and the costume and the set. And it takes all of these people to kind of come together and, and, and have a sort of symbiotic realization of a, of a, of a book. And I think, I think that's, what's really fun is, is leaning into enjoying being part of the creative team and you're all in it together and you can only do your best, you know? Let me ask you about becoming Kaya, because obviously you were born and raised in London. How did you perfect this Southern accent of Kaya's? And you would never guess that you were uh, from London, born and bred. Yeah, Londoner. <laughs> yeah, I, um, well, I, I tend to work in accents. I, 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 I think I feel more comfortable acting in, in accents because I think it sort of accesses a whole different type of physicality or, or characterization that you might necessarily might not necessarily found so I, you know with that accent it's so lyrical and it's so gentle and and musical I think that it really helped me to capture that kind of essence of Kaya um it wouldn't have worked in my accent which is naturally quite like self-conscious and a bit awkward <laughs> but I think um I think you know I worked with an accent coach um called Francie and I'd worked with her on a film called Fresh uh the previous month so um it was great because for Fresh, I worked with her just before we started filming on Zoom. Whereas with this, I got to actually have her on set and she was great. So she would run in and say, well, just tweak this or change this. But yeah, I find, you know, the more, I, if I can just sort of listen and listen and listen and listen, soon I'll be able to kind of tune into the sound of it. But I grew up in a house full of accents, so I have a bit of an advantage there. <laughs> How so? Your parents or? Yeah, so my mum is Northern Irish, my dad's Scottish, so, and I'm from London. Um, so there was definitely different, different sort of tuning and voices to listen to and, and, and kind of get an ear for it. For it, I, guess. I was going to say, you must have an ear for accents, given the fact that you grew up in this sort of uh, multicultural home, if you will. And what about actually shooting uh, in the marsh of Louisiana, a.k.a. North Carolina? Um, what was that experience like? Because it looked very marshy, Daisy. It was very marshy. I have to, I have to say, it's funny when you when you watch the film, you can also feel the intense humidity and the mosquito bites. But um, but no, it was. I it wondered was, about that. I really did. I was like, I wonder if poor Daisy's being eaten alive by mosquitoes right now because I'm from I'm from Virginia and I've spent a lot of time in the South in the summer. Um, I'm not sure when you filmed this, but I thought, oh, this must not be really a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it, we, luckily we were in March till July. So it wasn't, we were just before the like intense humidity, but getting there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was definitely sweaty and, and definitely mosquitoes, like larger mosquitoes than I'd ever seen. Like they were huge, but um, no, it was, it was a wonderful place to film. And, you know, obviously it was, it was sort of, we were in sort of the Bayou of Louisiana and uh, it was kind of, um, it was, you know, um, modeling for, North Carolina and it was really helpful to film in that environment because it really you could not ignore the the nature and like it was everywhere you looked there was egrets and alligators and uh, dragonflies and crazy thunder and lightning and it was it was a beautiful place and and it really helped me I think to get into Kaya's kind of head really. It almost felt primordial you know in a way to see the the moss and and sort of the water and you could almost feel the the humidity when you were watching it, but also the beauty, as you said, with the beautiful birds and wildlife. And I read that you did, did your own stunts and you even jumped into some alligator infested waters. Really? 
<laughs> yes, although I don't think at the time I knew quite how alligator invested they were, which I think was a good thing. I think had I known, <laughs> I always felt very safe and looked after. And we had people there. We had like wildlife experts who, you know, made sure we were safe. But um, but yes, there was there was alligators everywhere you looked. Um, which I yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to do that now actually. But um, at the time I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> sure, I'll be fine. But and it was so you know. <laughs> And what about the stunts? Were were any of those particularly memorable? Well, I I, I remember we had because uh, you know I had a lot of diving. There was one scene where uh, at the start where Kaya's being chased, um, and um, so it was a scene on the boat where I had to go really fast around a corner and like moor up and then leap out and run. And it was like you know quite tricky because it was like I had to get through a goalpost sort of of trees um, at a really sharp angle, and you know. <laughs> I was going at quite, quite, you know, quite fast. So that was probably the most memorable where I was like, this is actually quite dangerous. Um, but it looked really good. So I was glad, I'm glad I, I, I survived. <laughs> I, I, I also love the supporting cast. Well, actually, there are oh, more than that. The other stars, I should say. I love David Straithorn and always have. And I love the both men who play Chase and Tate, two very different individuals. Um and kind of the the good and evil of relationships. Um, how how was it working with all three of those characters? Yeah, well, it was really it was so, such a joy. You know, like you said, there's such a star star ensemble cast, and they're also brilliant and give such different flavors. And I think you know, with Taylor, like his gentleness and kindness, that sort of really it shone through in that character and. And actually Harris, who plays Chase, is one of the loveliest boys I know. Um, and I think he did such an incredible job of like painting Chase with with nuance. You know, we, we get us insight into why he acts the way he does. And, you know, he's complicated. He isn't just straightforward evil. So, or you know. No, that's true. But I did hate him. Yeah, I think. And that's again, Harris is Harris being amazing because he's very hard to hate in real life. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then I loved working with David Strathair and like I, I I spent a whole week of courtroom scenes just watching him act and I didn't have anything to say, I you know, because I was just sort of sat, sat looking quite sad. Um, but watching him perform, at, you know, he's obviously done a lot of film and TV, but also is like an incredible theatre actor. And I just loved watching him like take apart these big monologues and and, and find light and shade and, and, and view them with so much and he was such a kind person too. So I just, yeah, those were some of my favorite days actually was filming with him. Of course, Reese Witherspoon's company, Hello Sunshine, is the one that optioned the book and produced the film. And I know Reese was on, on the set. I saw a picture of her uh, with you all. So is that the first time you had met her? And does she inspire you to kind of take greater control of your career instead of kind of waiting for roles to come to you actually seeking out and creating projects that you'd like to participate in? Yeah, so Reese, the first time I met her was when she came to visit the set and that was really cool. Very exciting because I, I grew up watching Reese, you know, and, and have been a fan of hers for a very long time. So to meet her and then also to sort of see her take in the set the first for the first time, the way I, because I remember when I stepped on um, it was Kaya Shack on this beautiful lagoon. I was like, gosh, this was lifted from my imagination really in the book. So to see her see that set too, was really cool. And yeah, I think she's incredibly inspiring. And, and you know, her her kind of company are all about putting women in in, in leadership roles and, 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 you know, complicated women at the forefront of stories. And 
And I think it's really important. And I, it's so exciting as a young actor to see that and go, you know, that is that, you know, that is the way to do it really is to seek out roles, but also if they aren't there for you, create them yourself, you know, that, that really put women in, in, you know, in the forefront. Um, Cause I think we need more of that. And, and actors too, you know, giving them much more power and making them less at the, you know, left to sort of the whims of, of the quote unquote people in charge to, to take charge of your own career and your own destiny uh, must be incredibly empowering and liberating for anyone in, in the business. Totally. Yeah, I would really agree. Yeah. You have been doing so many interesting, exciting roles, and I'm curious what's next for you, Daisy? Well, I think um, I think I just like to continue working with filmmakers I really admire. You know, I think what I love so much about film and TV is that you are part of such a kind of um, collaborate collaboration and such a team. Um, and it takes all of you, you know, to bring your best to kind of create something wonderful. And I, I, I just love that. So I think working with a filmmaker that I admire, you know, working with more filmmakers that I admire is something I'm interested in, but also playing characters that I've not played before and really sort of uh, yeah, making the unexpected choices, I guess, would be cool. Have you signed up for anything? Are you working on anything now that we can look forward to? Yes, nothing that I can sort of say, but there's... <laughs> You're going to have to kill me if you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you give us a hint or not really? Sadly not, but but things I'm very excited about and one that is a, also a book adaptation, which is, yeah, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, Daisy Edgar-Jones, it's so wonderful, actually, to spend some time chatting with you. I'm really happy for your success. I think you're just enormously talented and you just light up the screen and whatever you're in. Um, thank you for, for chatting with us about where the crawdads sing. And I look forward to seeing whatever you're doing next, even though you can't tell me. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> Where the Crawdads Sing is playing in theaters now. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartMedia and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are me, Katie Couric, and Courtney Litz. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen, associate producers Derek Clements and Adriana Fazio. The show is edited and mixed by Derek Clements. For more information about today's episode or to sign up for my morning newsletter, Wake Up Call, go to katiecouric.com. You can also find me at katiecouric on Instagram and all my social media channels. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 